Find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? You ready? I was born ready. Alrighty then. Hold on to your butt. For more than five years, they've been entertaining you with their discussions on classic films, Marvel, Star Wars, and more. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Now, in a time of gatekeepers and toxic fandom, they are waving the banner of inclusion, opening the conversation, and letting all perspectives be heard. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. Fascinating. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm all about having fun, you know, get a couple of cocktails in me, start a fire in someone's kitchen, maybe go to SeaWorld and take my pants off. (laughs) Wear me! (laughs) Joining me... (laughs) We have Rick. How's it going, sir? Uh, Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> we have Gary Mitchell. How's it going, sir? Gary? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I had different audio going at this oh, time. Okay. And we have Scott. How's it going, Scott? People like me because I am rarely late. <laughs> well, that that's a good uh, a good thing to have. Well, um, I'm just I'm just trying to pull another Anchorman quote. You see, you started uh, the trend. Yeah. Trying to keep it oh, okay. Um, okay. And, and I, it was polite because I am polite and rarely late. <laughs> um, and but we're not talking about Anchorman tonight, anyway. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Marvel <laughs> cartoons. Uh, Marvel has a lot of cartoons. You know, when you when you think of superhero cartoons, I think. DC is uh, is pretty well known in that field because they come out with these animated films all the time. But Marvel's mm-hmm. been making cartoon series, you know, ever since the 60s. And uh, Disney Plus, you know, I've been kind of watching some of the ones on Disney Plus, And I thought it'd be a good uh, a good subject for a show. to Or for a couple of shows, actually. We're going to do... This is going to be a two-part series. Uh, this episode, if you're, if you're watching on the stream, you'll be able to hear both... Both uh, shows tonight, but if you uh, if you're listening on the podcast, this episode we're going to talk about Marvel cartoons from the '60s, '70s, and '80s, and uh, in the next one we'll talk about stuff from '90s until now. So um, I kind of I pulled up a, a list, and it's not, and it's actually on the Marvel uh, wiki, but it's not an exhaustive list because I know of a few things that are missing from it. So we'll just kind of go through it. And I haven't seen all these. I'm hoping a couple of you guys might have seen some of the ones that I haven't seen. But the very first cartoon that they have listed from uh, Marvel is the Marvel Superheroes. Have any, any of you guys ever seen that? They only made, like, it was only on for like a month. <laughs> In yeah, the I, I'm, yeah, I missed that one. And it was just, uh, I don't know exactly how many episodes. I don't know if it was a daily thing or if it was a weekly thing. But, you know, the, the main characters were uh, Hulk and Iron Man. And, uh, let's see, Hulk and Iron Man, Namor. And, uh, but I think it's, I think the Captain America cartoon spun off from that. Can you, can you post a link to what you're looking at? Uh, the Weezer? Is there like a, a picture? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I can I can send you a link to the wiki. Okay. There a lot of that stuff I I would have to see it to know if I watched it or not because mm-hmm. I was a kid. Um you know like I could probably sing most of the theme songs to a lot of the stuff, but <laughs> ask me to remember any of the plots and, you know. That's, if, if you look in the StreamYard private chat, I just put the yep, the link. I got it. The um if the announcer didn't say I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Um, if the announcer didn't say Spider-Man and his amazing friends at the beginning of every episode, I wouldn't know what that show was called. Yeah. <laughs> right, so looking at this picture, I do not remember watching this, but my first thought is why is the Hulk five foot five? Yeah. 
Yeah, why is he shorter than everybody else? That's, <laughs> that is odd. <laughs> and Danny DeVito as the Hulk. <laughs> um, it came on from September. Actually, it was more than a month. It was three months. It was September 1st of 66 to December 1st of 66. So, a couple months it was on. and, and the, But they did 65 episodes. So I guess it was a, a daily weekday, uh, af- like an after-school show or something like that. But... If okay, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, shows like this were actually well, they may have been on in the afternoon, but uh, like I remember seeing them. Uh, let's see, sixty-six. I would have been two. So they, maybe they might have been in reruns by the time I was seeing them when I was in school. So yeah, never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, they were on at like six in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I remember a lot of stuff coming on, like like. Uh... I guess G.I. Joe technically can be called a, a Marvel cartoon since the Marvel published the, the comics. But mm-hmm. G.I. Joe came on in the mornings in the 80s when I was a kid. But I I think the Captain America cartoon, and, and Rick, I know you said that you remember that cartoon. That's one of the few that you actually remember watching was the Captain America cartoon. I think it spun well, off they, from this. They had like a rotation of, it was, it was Captain America and uh, Namor and Iron Man and and uh, Thor, and you know, like you know, when everyone when in, in the Marvel movies when they start making, you know, when Captain America throws his mighty shield, yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, all, they all had some kitschy little, very very sixties ish uh, theme song that went with it, and then you know, the stories were all, you know, right out of Hanna Barbera. It was you know, Hero X is being threatened by Alien Y, and you know, and and the, the 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 stories were utterly interchangeable, um, but they were also they were also a lot more, you know, like Thor was a doctor with a cane until he banged the cane on the ground, and then he turns into Thor and yeah, kicks yeah, yeah. the bad guy's ass, and then he becomes the, the the limping doctor again. All the heroes had to change or or you know have a secret identity, even when there was like I love the fact that they've changed that with Thor because there was no reason for him to have a secret identity. Well, I mean, well, secret identities were the do rigor for superheroes. Yeah. I mean, ever since Clark Kent, you know, you had to have a secret identity. And uh, it was very rare to have the superhero who didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Marvel, later on, Marvel kind of, they were the ones that kind of like did away with the. None of the, like today in the Marvel movies and stuff, they don't really do secret identities. But. Except for you know, a few, like Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, in the cartoons, I think it was just something that you expected. You expected your hero to have a uh, a dual life mm-hmm. and to, to try and blend in with uh, with the public and stuff like that. But uh, John brings up Brian, John's bringing up a good point. And I think he copied and pasted this from somewhere. But <laughs> but that, like that Captain America cartoon that we were just talking about, um, it's like they took images straight from the out of the comic and then yeah. like added some animations to those pictures and uh, like yeah, mouth that, movements that, and stuff like that. Yeah. That oh, was actually one of the, ago. yeah, there's that's actually do one of the things I did like about it though, is, you know, you saw they were the Kirby art and there was very, is it seemed like most often the animation was not so much as they animated a fist coming towards you as they moved the camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got to be over here. <laughs> that that particular um, show, which I was able to grab it and watch a little bit of it this past week in uh, in preparation for the show, and uh, the entire time I was watching, I was thinking to myself, "This is much more a motion comic than a cartoon," mm-hmm. and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think, considering when it was made, I prefer it to be more motion comic. I prefer that they took Jack Kirby's actual art from the books and just added some animation to it and turned that into a show because if they had made it the way they made traditional animation back then, it would have looked like crap. Yeah. Oh yeah. At, at least it looks more dynamic if you're using Kirby's original art and just repurposing it for a moving picture. Oh, Joe's not coming. He's a uh, he's got a gig with the doing the wrestling thing and they pay him. So we're not paying him. So, <laughs> so that's yeah. fine. Um, yeah. The, Cause I barely remember the Marvel superheroes thing, but I definitely remember the Hulk, 
the thing, uh, the Hulk and the Captain America one and uh, the Thor one. And I think it may have just been like, is it like, like Tony said, it may have just been in the syndication. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen some like the, this stuff from the sixties. I wasn't born until 77. So obviously I didn't, I didn't see any of this stuff until it was being rerun in the eighties, I guess. But, um, the fantastic four had a series in the sixties. It came mm. on in 67. And I think that is where the version of the thing that we saw in some of the later cartoons, I think that's where he came from. And in the thing, you know, like the seventies version of the thing, he was like a little kid that had these two rings. Oh, the, I remember that one. He would put the rings together and he would turn into the thing. And then he but, would go, do you remember what he would say? Thing uh, ring, do your thing. Yeah, that's yep. right. That's right. <laughs> thing ring, do your thing. <laughs> I don't know what the origin was for that. Cause obviously they it couldn't have been the same fantastic four origin. Uh, being no, blasted by just, space rays and stuff. Yeah, it was Hanna-Barbera, if I'm not mistaken, because it was The Thing and The Flintstones combo the, show. Yeah, The Flintstones meet The Thing or something like that. Yeah, And it was like there'd be a, a, there'd be a Flintstone short and then there'd be a The Thing short. And he was just some teenage kid who found these this two set of two rings that when he slapped them together, he turned into The Thing. <laughs> and he... You know, save the circus from the guys trying to rob it or whatever. Yeah, there was... Or stop the train. I went back and watched uh, a few minutes of an episode earlier this week. And um, the one that I was watching, they were going to the fair or to the circus or something like that. And they get there and they can't find a parking spot. So he gets out of the car and goes around the corner and says, Thing ring, do your thing. Turns into the thing. Picks up somebody's car out of the parking spot and moves it so that they can park there. And then turns back into the kid. It's like, that's a weird reason to turn into a superhero. <laughs> so you can move a car. Don't say you've <laughs> never wished you could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, not the most heroic of moves. Yeah. No. Yeah. But uh, my uh, my ex-wife was, uh, was over earlier today. And... In the course of the conversation, I told her that I was going to be podcasting tonight, and I told her what we were going to be talking about. And I told her about that show, about the thing, and how he was a kid with the rings and his little phrase. She, I, I'm not still not sure she believed me. I'm, I'm hoping that she is watching or listening eventually, so she can hear that I'm not the only one saying it. So I have some some corroboration. The well, only reason also I even you, know about it is because you guys talked about it before. I never saw it. <laughs> well, also when you tell when you tell someone that the name of the show was Fred and Barney Meet the Thing, <laughs> <laughs> because they would blend Flintstones cartoons and and make it like an hour long uh, thing where they you would watch an episode of the Flintstones and you would watch an episode of the Thing and. Uh, I don't really know why they marketed it that way, but the opening credits even had clips from both and made it look like they were. You would think well, that it was a show about the Flintstones and the thing. <laughs> the, well, that was a big thing at the time in the 70s and especially in the 80s. They loved to do these combo hours to keep the kids watching for the yeah. full hour because mm-hmm. there was that. Uh, the, my favorite was Zorro and Tarzan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had it had a had a series shows together. Uh, there was uh, they would do a Batman and Superman. Mm hmm. Uh, sometimes they'd also throw in the super friends. Um, and then there was also, uh, Spider-Man and the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah. So that's during Tweety. They also had yeah, so Gary, Gary Owens and Casey Kasem as Batman and Robin, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, now they had a, they had a, uh, they had two different fantastic four series, Mm-hmm. In the seventies, they had one that started in seventy six, and it got canceled. They had another one that started in seventy eight, and I think this one got reran a lot in the eighties. So it's probably the one that I, the one with Herbie, on. yeah, um, because some kid might set himself on fire. <laughs> Herbie, the I impossible just, man. Yeah, but I just remember being a kid and just being incredibly annoyed that you know where's the Human Torch? What's this stupid robot? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Thing, Mole Man, Mister Fan- Mister Fantastic, Invisible Girl, and Herbie. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna click on it and see if I can find a picture of him. But yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a robot with uh, one of those. Uh, you remember Simon that game? Mm-hmm. The, the Simon game looks like he's got one of those in his belly. <laughs> yeah, people are starting to come around on Herbie, but for the longest time, everybody I knew hated that. Uh, and to the point that he, he's come around enough that well, there was a Marvel Legends Sue Storm figure that came out about five years ago now. They came with a Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, say, it says the, the series only lasted 13 episodes. Um, but a lot of times when, in, in reruns, they would combine it with the other series. So it, it's almost like it seems like it has more episodes. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, the Human Torch does not appear in the series. Rumors stated that he was rejected out of fear that children would light themselves on fire to imitate him. I can't say that no kid would do that. <laughs> it's possible a kid would do that, but... <laughs> um, I like how they put it that way rather than... I, I think it would be more accurate and more reasonable to say they rejected the character for fear that parents would not watch their children closely enough to make sure they don't try to light themselves on fire. Yeah. yeah. Like the human torch. And you know, that's like, that's like not running Superman because they're afraid kids are going to start jumping out of windows. I yeah. Mean, at some point you got to, well, that's a, that, that's one reason. Like in, <laughs> that's in a the, rant I won't go into. In the old <laughs> Superman series. I mean, this is going into DC, but in the old Superman cartoons and stuff, when he goes into flight, you usually see him leave from the ground. You don't ever really mm-hmm. see him jump off of a building or out of a window. I think, and I think that's one of the main reasons. <laughs> All right. Well, then that, if George Reeves it. jumped out of a window, he wouldn't go very far. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he well, didn't. He didn't. He, 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 well, yeah, he he didn't, but they didn't show us that half of it. But I, I've seen plenty of clips from from that old show where George Reeves did take a running start and then let headlong out of the. Out of the window in the set. Oh, I was talking the about the cartoon. Game. Yeah, I was talking. About oh, the just the cartoon. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. The New Adventures of Superman, which is the Superman I grew up watching. I know that's this isn't Marvel, but just this is a salient point. Is I, I actually I have the full series on DVD over there. I've shown it to to my daughter several times. It was essentially the George Reeves Superman mm-hmm. turned into a cartoon, mm-hmm. and he jumped out of windows left and right. This was the Superman I grew up with that would punch monsters out. But up, up and away, and you know, Lois was always getting captured and stuff. And I never once tried to jump out a window because my mom, <laughs> when I was very young, said, "Don't jump out a window." So, what the hell am I? Well, seems it seems simple enough. And, yeah, and you know, it, I'm really surprised that they did pull that though because I grew up in the '70s. I remember the '70s. Parenting rules were pretty lax. Yeah, uh, you know, it's not like today where the kids are, you know, scheduled with an inch of the within an inch of their lives and, and parents on top of them all the time. It used to be, "What are you still doing? It's eleven o'clock in the morning. Go outside. Don't yeah. come back till it's dark. Come back at dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Mommy, can I come in? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I literally would have to prove to my mother that I or my brother were injured to the point that we needed attention to be allowed back in the house on a Saturday afternoon. We, we lived, we lived about a good half mile from the highway and, uh, we were just told don't cross the highway, go anywhere else you want to just don't cross the highway. That's it. And of course we would usually cross the highway. <laughs> uh, of course. Does anybody remember spider woman, the TV series? Barely. I almost watched an episode of that this evening when, when you, when you finally talk, I wasn't going to come on the show because I, I really haven't seen a lot of this stuff, not since 1972. Um, but I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll watch something. And I went to, to, uh, uh, Disney plus to the Marvel section. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just pick something. And there are like 450 million different cartoons. And yeah, I just was like overwhelmed that I, I looked. I almost picked an episode of Spider Woman, then and I was like, I, I can't cope with that. <laughs> I don't really know a lot about Spider Woman. I don't remember reading any of the um, Spider Woman comics. Go ahead, Gary. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was into the character because I was into all things Spider Man. So she was Spider Man adjacent. Yeah, um, yeah. Her comics were weird. That's the main thing I remember. Her adventures were always just bizarre. Uh, the animated show, I barely remember it. The main one I remember uh, is the 68 Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man. 
That that used to be in the rotation for my daughter's be- uh, bedtime songs. Yeah, now they've <laughs> and I like that they're still using it. I mean, they mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. the theme, the music at least mm-hmm. is the theme for the new uh, films and stuff. But uh, oh. before we leave the seventies, I got a question for you guys because I you know we're we're of a, a slightly different generation here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the superheroes that I know about, especially like knowing their origins and stuff, came from a, a magazine we would get in school called Dynamite. Did you all ever see Dynamite magazine? Yes. <laughs> I probably still have an issue or two somewhere. That's like yeah. I, that's how I learned about Daredevil. Spider Man was in it all the time. Uh, and I guess it was mostly Marvel now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they had a deal with Marvel or something. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Stan Lee would license Marvel out to anybody. He that's like that's why there were so many cartoons, that's why there was the TV show. He was constantly trying to find ways to get the Marvel brand out there more. Uh that's cuz when you think about it, you know, Spider-Man started and then the Spider-Man cartoon was within like 8 years hmm. from and, and that's an incredible jump for a car, a comic character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, bef- like I said, before we leave the sixties and seventies, that's the main thing I was hoping we talk about because that show, like you said, they still use that music to today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that art style was great. Uh, you know, it's primitive, but it was it worked, and uh, everybody is still using. It. I love the fact that. Uh, the stills from that have, be- have become huge meme things yeah. now. The, like the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and when you think back on it, I mean, that show was only on for about six months. Mm-hmm. But they did, and they only made 26 episodes. But, but yeah, I mean, a lot, when, when a lot of people, when they think about Marvel uh, cartoons, that's one of the first ones that you think of. It's one of the most popular like- ones. But yeah, who remembers a single one of the plot lines? All we remember is the look and the song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Spider-Man mm-hmm. crawling up a wall with his little butt cheeks swinging back and forth. <laughs> Actually, that's a, different, that's a different one. Wait a minute. Oh, there's, there's, For two, me, there's two different series that's just called Spider-Man. There was one in 67, and then there was another one in 1981. So, yeah, the 81 is a whole different thing. Okay, yeah. so... So, actually, this one lasted for three years, and it made, they made 52 episodes. So, yeah. Yeah, I watched. I, I tried to watch some. I, well, not tried. I watched a few episodes of like a couple of years ago just to kind of see how it stands up to the test of time. And it's, you know, it's it's typical '60s superhero stuff. There's no Peter Parker's a high school student. He's just, you know, uh, a young-ish. You know how like back then, thirty-year-old guys were playing high school students. Yeah, in the movie? So yeah. You know that's what Peter Parker looked like. And yeah, J. Jonah Jameson was always yelling. And then as soon as Peter, who had like sort of a normal voice, as soon as he put on the mask, he started talking like this and was Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like 60 superhero kitsch at its peak. And it's it's really worth watching. But this, again, the plots are utterly unremarkable and unmemorable. But it's the yeah. style of it, I think, that is that has lived on through the ages. It was produced by Ralph Bakshi. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it didn't really, realize that. Yeah, it really did capture the Ditko look. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I do love about it, yeah. and it also started the whole of how is he swinging from Queens when all the buildings are under <laughs> what he is? What are the webs <laughs> attached to? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the every plot was pretty much you know somebody's going to rob something. Spider Man shows up, punches him in the face. Peter Parker takes a few pictures, but it was, you know, for a six year old, it was Spider-Man on the TV and it was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did that a lot in Spider-Man cartoons. He, he's, he's above the buildings, but he's swinging <laughs> like he's shooting his webs and hitting airplanes with them, I guess. I don't know. As a kid, I, I actually thought about this as a kid cause it would, it would bug me. And uh, cause again, I would watch it. I don't know if I just kept, you know, I, I have a daughter who up until not too long ago would get up at six o'clock in the morning, regardless of whether she had to or not. So I think maybe I did that as a kid, but I watched a lot of 
TV before school in the like six to seven a.m. time slot, and that's when I saw most of of the Spider-Man stuff. And even then, I was like, maybe there's phone lines. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to rationalize it in my head. Way above the tops of the buildings. <laughs> it's all those blimps that you see in the Batman cartoon, right? <laughs> um, they did a couple episodes of that show called uh, "Phantom from the Depths of Time." and revolt in the fifth dimension and they reused footage and sounds from uh Bakshi's he had a series called Rocket Robin Hood they reused mm, yes. that stuff oh, God. and then they they just put a cell of Spider-Man over the image of Ro- of Rocket Robin Hood and just and you know reanimated it that way <laughs> mhm He's like, you know, I've got all this footage, you know, why are we, why am I going to pay a bunch of people to draw a bunch of pictures that I've already got these pictures? <laughs> that, well, actually kind of, I, I won't say he invented rotoscoping, but he certainly was one of the earliest proponents of it. Oh yeah. With oh, yeah. That Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> film and everything. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Wizards, fire and ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do a whole show about Bakshi. That, in fact, oh, we yeah. should. Mm. Yeah, we watched uh, the Lord of the, the the Lord of the Rings in uh, middle school, I think. But and this is getting off the subject. But his his film was only the first two books, right? It was only the Fellowship of yeah, the Rings. Yeah, he Ring never finished the, the trilogy. Yeah. So, but he did well. He did the Hobbit and the Fellowship and the Two Towers. I don't think he got to Return of the King. Yeah, no, um, I, Hobbit yeah. was Hobbit was Rankin Bass. That wasn't Bakshi. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Rankin. Yeah. Rankin Bass did Hobbit, and they did Return of the King. That's what I was and about to say. Yeah, we watched. We watched I think them. in between them, uh, Bakshi did Fellowship and Two Towers. We am, watched the Bakshi. Uh, we watched the Bakshi film, and then mm-hmm. since he never made Return of the King, we watched the Rankin Bass Return of the King after that. So that it was like we were watching the whole, the whole trilogy. Um, Okay, Sherman's commenting the eighty one the eighty one series. Let's see, the eighty one series was done by Sumbo. It was like a preview for GI Joe and Transformer shows to come. And Dan Gilvezan was the uh, voice of Peter Parker, Spider Man, who went on the voice, voice Bumblebee in the Transformers. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah, and that was I also Bumblebee didn't talk in the Hush movies. You. He doesn't Hush talk you. in the cartoons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've only ever seen the mo- the, the first two movies. So. <laughs> I've only ever Sir? seen the first movie, and that was enough to tell me that I did not need to go back for the rest of them. Okay, so, here, here's why okay, I saw the first one cartoon series, sir. You should watch. It's actually solid sci-fi. Okay, I, I we saw the first movie because my wife is my my wife is 13 years younger than me, so we've got this kind of generational thing that uh, you know the stuff she watched growing up. And, and y'all have heard me say this before. It all, it all hit it either the, either when I was too old for cartoons, but too young to know that you're never too old for cartoons. Yeah. yeah. Um, or it was like just when I was too damn busy, you know, cause I was, I worked in theater, you know, I, I, I now I teach. So I have, you know, I have spare time, but it used to be, I was working all the time and I just didn't, didn't want Saturday mornings was resting up from Friday night and getting ready to work Saturday night. Um, but she was a big Transformers fan. So when the movie, when the first movie came out, I was like, robots fighting. That sounds good to me, whatever. And we both really enjoyed the first movie. And then the second movie came out and I literally fell asleep during it. And mm-hmm. we haven't, well, I haven't seen any since. I don't know. Okay. Have you seen any of the others? She's seen, she's seen the others, but I, I just, yeah. it's like Bumblebee no. is really good bumblebee is surprisingly good oh yeah really? i really like okay. it I, and the uh and the very first scene when they're actually showing them on the transformers home world having yeah. a battle that I, that's like a live action version of what i used to watch on saturday morning <laughs> yeah very <laughs> much know, so. it was great um, um one of the best thing best descriptions i ever heard of the of the um um who did the transformers movies i can't think of the guy's name now Michael, yeah, Bay, Mike, Michael, Michael Bay. Bay's Transformers was it was like dumping a bunch of Hot Wheels cars in a garbage disposal and filming. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because with the second one, they started filming because they had to for different contractual reasons. But the writer's strike was going on, so they were literally do, filming the movie with no script, hmm. and they <laughs> they literally like it filmed it and edited footage together. And in the editing room, 
they pulled in screenwriters when the strike was over and went, okay, make a plot to make all this work together. <laughs> That's actually literally what happened. I, I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But the but the Transformers original G one eighties animated series is actually solid. It still holds up. Oh yeah. And the animated eighty six Transformers movie is still really good. Yep. And I, Bumblebee is one one of my favorite um, movies I have in my collection is I got uh, the eighty six Transformers movie on Blu ray. I saw nice. it in the, I saw it in the theaters. That was whew, that was a big moment. Mm-hmm. Now I th- I'm pretty sure that Marvel published the uh, comic books for Transformers, mm-hmm. so this is still technically on topic for the <laughs> oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the Transformers uh, movie in '86 was fantastic, mm-hmm. and it scarred so many children because Rick. I'm sorry, spoiler. They kill Optimus Prime in that movie. I know. It was. I've, I've heard you all been you've been yeah. whining about it for decades. <laughs> it was the best. I will never. I will never forgive Hot Rod. I will never, ever, ever forgive Hot Rod. <laughs> That's right. Never. It was a it was a theatrical release. Kids go to the theater and they're excited. They're, I'm going to see my favorite Transformers. They're going to be on the screen, and then within 15 minutes, they kill everyone's favorite Transformer, and they were wrecked. These mm-hmm. kids were destroyed. So when they decided to make GI Joe another Marvel publication, still on topic, when they made that into an animated movie. The plan was to put that in the theaters as well, like they did with Transformers. And the backlash from parents against the death of Optimus Prime was so heavy that they scrapped mm-hmm. the plans to put out G.I. Joe in the theaters. They said, we're going to make it uh, a, a direct-to-video and or a five-part television miniseries. And they scrapped their plans to kill the character of Duke. Yeah. Because yeah. they apparently have this thing about when you you make a movie, you got to kill your leaders. Oh, he was absolutely. If you watch the movie, he absolutely died in that oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. They if you just watch, yeah, the you watch it on mute, he is dead. <laughs> yeah. He is dead yeah. as so Caesar. He's like, yeah, yeah, they do an ADR. Yeah, they do an ADR at the very end. Well, your dude's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they well, he's laying there, and he he, 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 exhales, he exhales and closes his eyes, and then they say. Oh my God! He slipped into a coma. <laughs> and then the camera pans up, and Scarlet looks up, tears running down her face, and she closes her eyes, and goes down again. Falcon is holding Duke, and you're like, if he's in a coma, maybe you know, don't hug him. Maybe take yeah. him to a hospital if yeah. he's in a coma. But no, she's doing what you do with a dead body, which is pull it up and hug him. And then the general turns around, and the general starts crying. Generals don't cry when someone's in a coma. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know I have Transformers- feelings about this movie. Yeah, and I know in the case of the Transformers, they purely killed off the characters for the uh, for the merchandising of we kids already own these toys, so if we just kill them off, they have to buy the new characters. Right. And boy, they did that blow up in their face! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was my problem with with the Transformers. Um, was in a. Transformers and He-Man and and that whole generation of cartoons, to me at the time, as a somewhat opinionated recent high school graduate. Wait, at the time? What? Uh, <laughs> Not a recent high school graduate. <laughs> um, I was I was like, my God, how cynical can they get? This these are just infomercials for toy lines. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I wasn't wrong about that, but it also was kind of the beginning of that that whole marketing thing that Lucas started started the ball rolling on, and you know it took the execs another eight years to figure it out. Um, and so I just I wanted nothing to do with any of these things because it was like the toys came first, and then they made a show. Whereas my generation, there were shows and then we had toys and our toys sucked. <laughs> and so it took me a while to get over that idiocy and realize it's all like, like Roddenberry, Gene Roddenberry said in an interview, it's all about selling toothpaste. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't say they, that they're the trying toy. to sell toys. Yeah. What? what are you talking about? <laughs> but I will say this when, uh, okay. And at the risk of sounding like Abe Simpson, when I was a boy, G.I. Joe was 12 inches tall and he had hair, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he's got half his height back. He's back up to six inches. 
I wouldn't say that the toys came out and then the cartoons came out. I would say that the toys and the cartoons pretty much came out at the same time. <laughs> it was very much a, a synergy. It was a. I don't know if anybody else has watched the toys that made us. Oh yeah, but yeah. in the right. He Man, in the episode about He Man, when they were making the pitch to Mattel about you know we're going to have these toys, someone go. What are the guys in the room trying to because they don't know if they're moving the needle that they're going to get the go ahead to go, Oh, we're going to have comic books. And they're like, Oh, okay. And then that didn't seem to really register. And he went, Oh, and there's going to be a cartoon TV series. And that's what kind of pushed them over the line. And they went out of the meeting and the guy was like, what are you doing? Telling there's going to be a cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) What is like in the fall, all the way through the spring when you would have new episodes of like say Mm -hmm. GI Joe or he man or something like that. Uh, it was kind of a every Saturday kind of thing that we I would get up, I would watch cartoons on Saturday morning, and then in the afternoon, we would usually go to like Walmart or Kmart or something like that. And when you watch the cartoon that morning, whatever mm-hmm. vehicle they introduced on that show, that toy is at the store that day. It wasn't there the week before because nobody had seen it on the show yet. <laughs> so they were they 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 had it all they had all the steps planned out all the time but the oh, yeah. the Marvel show that I remember being the first one that I watched all the time was uh Spider-Man and his amazing friends and yep. they had uh it was it was Spider-Man and it was uh is Firestorm and uh Iceman. Yep. Yes. And Firestorm and Iceman, the, what I liked about this show is uh, Firestorm and Iceman were mutants. Mm-hmm. So the X-Men showed up on this show a lot. Yeah. Well, everybody showed up on this show. Every, yeah. Just about every single episode had a different major Marvel guest star. Captain America shows up. Doctor Doom shows up. Yeah. Daredevil shows up. The X-Men with you know Wolverine with an Australian accent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, um, two times that's going to show up. At, no, actually, no. Yes, on on this episode of this podcast, it's one of two times that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But I, for me, that's the gold standard of the Marvel animation in that era. Is because I that I was a huge Spider Man fan as a kid. I have uh, you know photographs of me with Spider Man as a six seven year old. You know, in my Spider Man T shirt. So. Mm-hmm. Just getting to see Spider-Man every week and watching him fight supervillains. You know, they went up against the Lizard. They went up against, like I said, Doctor Doom. They went up against, uh, I think there was actually even an episode where they went up against Mephisto. I mean, it was just Doctor Strange shows up in one episode. It was like a who's who of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll <laughs> I, just, I watched uh, some clips uh, earlier this week. And the, the way Iceman would turn into Iceman, he would freeze himself in a block of ice and then just mm-hmm. burst out of it. And he's Iceman. And uh, he would. there was a lot of times that I remember him uh, making the platform that he's kind of sliding on. But Superman, I'm Superman, Spider-Man's just running on it. Like it's mm-hmm. a, like it's a path. I'm like, dude, that thing is ice. <laughs> it's Spider Man. He sticks to things. Sticks to ice too. One of the episodes I, I watched um, it, over the past week, I watched five episodes of that series because I have the whole thing, um, and I picked five to watch to to prep for this one. Uh, season two of that show was three episodes long, and each of those three episodes was an origin episode for a character. Mm-hmm. It started with Iceman and then Spider-Man and then Firestar told how they how they came to be. And in the third season of the show, they had an episode that told the origin of them as a team. And I'm I believe it was that episode uh where once they all meet and they all start working together, um Iceman is heading across the city making his little ice bridge and Spider-Man is riding behind him holding on to webbing that he's stuck to Iceman's back. And he's just letting Iceman drag him across the, uh, across the ice sled. <laughs> well, wouldn't you? <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be the, the, the sensible way to do it. Obviously. <clears throat> Frank Welker was the voice of Iceman. And yes. I, I don't remember that when I was a kid because voices, you know, when I was a kid, vo- voices didn't mean anything. But when I went back and watched a couple of clips earlier this week, I was like, Hey, Dude sounds just like Fred from Scooby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah. Frank Willer Welker is responsible for about 90% of my childhood, I think. <laughs> <laughs> is um, this the is this the first animated series that they actually started animating uh Stan Lee into it to start doing his uh his cameos? Uh, he, he, he wasn't animated, but he did the opening and closing narrations. Um, he always did the, you know, hey, true believers, welcome in. This week, this uh, we're going to do this. And then, hey, true, you know, at the end, hey, true believers, here's what you should have learned. And Excelsior. Yeah. And yeah. that's how I came to love Stan Lee. And I think a lot of people of, you know, our generation, that's how we came to know Stan and fall in love with him because he was that constant voice. He was like my dad. Yeah, and they the the announcer that would uh do the opening credits. Basically the opening theme was music and him saying Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Firestorm, Iceman, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. <laughs> That's the <Yeah>. theme. <laughs> That's all you needed to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it did it did spin off a pilot that didn't get picked up uh called Pride of the X-Men, P R Y D E. Yes. Yep. Because it's it was supposed to be focused on Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. and uh, that pilot is actually pretty good. That's if it had it turned into a show, it would have been a pretty good show. But I think the Marvel animated side of things got sold to a different company, and they started making things like Muppet Babies and stuff like that, and got away from superheroes for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that would it it would have been uh it would have been pretty good. It was the the pilot was basically Kitty Pride comes along and helps focus Xavier's uh power so that they can keep an asteroid from hitting the earth. Something like that. <laughs> you know. It, yeah. Magneto is in his asteroid based um uh headquarters and yeah. he wants uh, I I think Magneto wants Cerebro mm-hmm. and takes it and then they have to go back up there and get it and save the world. The plot really doesn't matter. You're just there to see the characters actually on screen moving in living color um, with a similar animation style, but higher quality than the last time you saw them in Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Mm-hmm. Cause you had much the same lineup uh, as when you saw them show up on, on that Spider-Man show mm-hmm. uh, just a little bit updated. And I don't think we'd ever seen Dazzler before, but they put her in the, uh, uh, in the in that animated show, yeah. uh, but it, everything looked really good in that one. It, it same style as Transformers and GI Joe, mm-hmm. uh, but the the colors were great, um, uh, what, you know, wonderful shading and uh, and effects work. Uh, the whole thing was solid. I would have enjoyed seeing a, a series of that, but it it was not meant to be. But that's the other uh, example of Wolverine having an Australian accent. Australian for Wolverine. Yes. Why? Why, why well, did they look at Wolverine and just decide? Oh, he's got to be Australian. <laughs> basically, because I think they just didn't want to do a Canadian accent because they were afraid of Bob and Doug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they. Maybe the the guy that voiced him. They just wanted him to do an accent, and that's the only accent he knew. <laughs> it's possible. It's, it's like okay, I'll do an accent. What another strip on the bob? Cartoon there, hosers. Yeah. The main thing I always remember is the Juggernaut was the villain. I think in in this Amazing Friends episode, uh, and at one point Juggernaut grabs Wolverine and throws him at a wall and embeds him claws yep. first into the wall so that's Wolf- basically so that he didn't have Wolverine gutting people on an animated series. <laughs> and that was it. He was out of the fight from that point on. He gets his, yeah. Oh, I'm stuck. Uh-huh. And he spends a whole episode just with his feet on the wall, going. Aah! Yeah, they uh, always they always find ways to when 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 a, a hero has deadly weapons, they find ways of they always use their weapons for other stuff. You yeah. know, like in um, going back to talking about that Captain America series, Hawkeye was in that. He never used his arrows to actually shoot anybody. He would use them right. to knock stuff over on top of people and things like that. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, the other and the other show at that time was there was an Incredible Hulk cartoon, and it was normally paired up with Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. Yeah, and I know this because my local station in North Carolina, Spider Man came on at eleven thirty, and then at twelve was supposed to be the Hulk side of it, but they would always put up a this channel 
will not be showing the Hulk, and it would cut to sports. <laughs> Like half the time, so I kept screaming that you know I can't watch the Hulk, and my dad's going, "Shut up! I'm going to watch the sports. We play outside. It's new. Go out." <laughs> they did that a lot in in Birmingham. Stuff would get preempted, and they would show like the news instead of the cartoon that I wanted to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Hulk that Hulk series had a lot of characters in it too. I mean, it had mm-hmm. uh, even uh, um, She Hulk and. Dr. Proto and Quasimodo. (laughs) All that stuff. Um, Let's see what else came out in the, uh, in the eighties. Let me go back to my list here. Oh, John's comment. (laughs) Cartoons lie. The first time I was in a real fight, I was disappointed that clinking two enemies heads together. Didn't work. (laughs) That's true. Oh, I did not know that Sherman, um, about the announcer, uh, oh, the, the announcer for Spider-Man Man. is amazing. Yeah. Dick Tufield, the voice of the robot in lost in space. The other cartoon that came out in the eighties was, uh, I can hear it. They had yeah, a, I hear it. I know you said it. <laughs> they had a pilot for solar man and they came out oh. in the eighties. Uh, I'm going down into the eighties here. Uh, Spider-Man is amazing friends, the incredible Hulk. And that's it, I guess, as far as the uh, 80s. Okay. Yeah, that was about it. But it, like I said, for the Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. I mean, yeah, it's it's an 80s cartoon, but most of it still holds up, at least for me, watching it now. And it had some great characters. Firestar was invented for the show because originally it was supposed to be Iceman and the Human Torch, but then they still had the whole, eh, kids might set themselves on fire, so they invented her. Yeah. And she was popular enough that, yeah, she's in the regular Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, she beat and, Harley Quinn to the punch by by a while. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that there was sort of a love triangle the whole time between the three of them. And, uh, you know, so, you know, Pete's always trying to one up Iceman to, you know, no, she's going to go out with me. Yeah. She's just. She is obviously playing them both against each other and just enjoying it. <laughs> it, it, was, it was very underplayed, and I do appreciate that. They didn't try to you know, shove it in anyone's uh, storytelling. Yeah, and that was, uh, that was uh, like Rick was saying before about Peter not being a teenager. They were all like grown people. In, yeah, they in were the college. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it has one of my favorite Marvel villains of all time, Swarm. Who is oh, a yeah. sentient swarm of bees and all swarm, of his dialogue. Swarm. Yeah. Yeah. 90% of his dialogue is just him screaming his name at Swarm, yeah. <laughs> so he's a Pokemon. Yeah. I was so <laughs> yeah. ecstatic when the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did the guy who was the swarm of nanites. And I was like, oh my god, they're doing Swarm. <laughs> and then it turned out not to be Swarm. And I was so sad. I was like, oh. Uh, they could have called him that for a, for a throwback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it killed bees were huge in the 80s kids if you weren't there you have no idea how huge we were worried about the killer bees <laughs> well a- according to cartoons killer bees and quicksand were like the two biggest dangers in the world oh yeah <laughs> quicksand's everywhere man so um yeah so that does it for the the 60s the 70s and the 80s so what we're gonna do if, if you're if you're watching on the stream stay tuned we're gonna talk about some other stuff in a few minutes if you're listening on the podcast Join us uh, for the next episode. Rick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, you can hear me talk a lot more on StarbaseCommand.net, where you can see a lot of Scott's awesome artwork. Uh, and uh, you can hear me on such shows as Starbase 66, Into the Open the Iris, Infinite Diversity, and Analyzing Doctor Who, and the <laughs> brand new show, Babble. I'm also like all over Cosmic Potato because they haven't told me to leave yet. <laughs> now, Gary, I know uh, there's no physical Dragon Con this year, so but you guys have some some uh, online stuff coming up, right? Uh, that's correct. Dragon Con is going virtual this year. There is going to be uh, two different streams, is what I'm aware of so far. There's going to be uh, the traditional Dragon Con panels with interviews with celebrities and that sort of thing. Uh, I can neither confirm or deny who those people are going to be at this time because it hasn't been announced. 
But uh, yes, you will be able to watch Dragon Con from the comfort of your couch or your however you uh, watch your internet shows. Uh, and all the different fan panels, including the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics track, which I am part of with Joe Crow. Uh, we are also going to be doing live panels like this uh, streaming over the course of Dragon Con weekend. Uh, so you will get plenty of Dragon Con coverage over Dragon Con weekend. And unlike regular, you actually, actually, you know, you don't have to, you know, muscle people out of your way at the food court when you have lunch. <laughs> Uh, but you can find me there uh, on we have a Facebook group Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics you can find me uh, here on the Twitters and at revolutionsf.com where I write a weekly article called Slip Discs about all the geeky physical media that comes out every Tuesday Uh, so if you're you know if if you're into you know physical media still and a dinosaur like me and you want to pick up you know physical movies i yeah. tell you what's coming out <laughs> all right and scott well first i have to give some uh, some serious props to that copy of gi joe resolute that i saw held up there just a moment ago uh written by warren ellis one of my favorite uh, uh comic book writers of all time uh that is a nice little uh web series that they built into a movie uh but i can be driven mad by this cat that's behind my green screen making noise um I can be found right here on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network, uh, often on the Cosmic Potato, Star Trek All Access, and on my own show, The Prime Direction, uh, which will have a new episode coming out eh, hopefully soon. Um, otherwise, I can be found on Twitter uh, at Planet Rise uh, for my graphic artwork, or you can visit my website, www.planetrisecreative.com. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Like I said, if you're watching on the stream, stay tuned. Uh, if not, stay tuned. Uh, join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, when you might hear John say, I wish I may, I wish I might, wish upon the star tonight, that those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can contact us by joining our Facebook group, following us on Twitter, or sending an email to CosmicPotatoPod at gmail.com. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. Be sure to join us again next time on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast.